Welcome to the Level Up Artist Podcast. We're your hosts, Adriana M.A. and Jackie Sanders. We're two art professionals sharing for the advice and business lessons we have learned along our creative journeys. We talk to artists, leaders, and art professionals to demystify the creative process and discover new ways to succeed as a career-minded artist. If you find value in these conversations, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast and you'll be notified when we drop a new episode every Tuesday. So on today's episode, we want to discuss a very important part of the creative process and kind of dive into this question. What comes first, the idea or the material? Yes. And I feel like this is one of those questions that it's a big part of artists' creative process, maybe without them really realizing it. It's one of those introspection moments of we as artists just create how we normally create, maybe how we were taught what's intuitive, but then kind of trying to shift the process a bit, thinking, well, how do other people make art is a fun exploration. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And the idea of making artwork with the idea first is really when you're leading with an idea, a concept, and the meaning that maybe you want to get out of the piece, the meaning you want other people to get out of your artwork, your experience of seeing it. And I feel like this is a huge part of how I work. A lot of my work starts by journaling, and then that journaling of idea evolves into sketches and then into final paintings and pieces themselves. Not in that the pieces are exactly representational in any way. I do a lot of abstract geometric work, but the idea of imposing balance and order on top of chaos is a huge theme from piece to piece. So almost journaling about real life events, about experiences, and then extracting the emotion out of it that then inevitably will affect the artwork that I'm making. So really focusing on that idea and the emotion first, and then seeing what artwork do I want to create that represents or embodies that emotion. Yeah, yeah. And this is definitely something that's common um, for artists that are like specialize in abstracts because we're not depicting something realistic. It'd be different if you were, say, a portrait painter and you were trying to, you know, explore some of the themes or maybe some social messages about, you know, what happens with a specific group or maybe like the interiors of a home and things like that, where it's something that the viewer can automatically identify uh, parts of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with abstract, part of the most liberating part of it, and actually some of the hardest parts of it, is the fact that you're trying to many times explore, you know, it could be a memory, at least in my case, that's what a lot of it is, or, you know, trying to portray or convey, if you will, like fascination with different things. For me, it's like nature is a lot of it. Um, while creating abstracts that also I want to evoke a specific feeling in the viewer, which could be like joy, playfulness, tranquility. Those those are some of the ones I look into, but Mm -hmm. it could be different. This is also kind of something to think about. I mean, this could be something that you apply either on individual pieces or in actual bodies of work or actual just specific collections of your work. So depending on the artist, some people will apply this kind of idea first to just one piece at a time but they might say or others will say actually I want to impose this idea to a different series and by making 20 pieces about this or Mm -hmm. in 2023 2024 whatever it is you know for a specific time period they're exploring that idea um, through the work and trying to interpret it through that yeah exactly and especially when thinking of creating those bodies of work right a huge advantage of 
focusing on the idea of it first is that there is a focus concept unifying all of the work, right? There's that emotional resonance that the viewer will have when interacting with your artwork. You say, oh, you're going to experience these pieces and the goal is to express X idea and I want them to leave with Y emotion or moment of reflection. Um, and another advantage is that it's really limitless in terms of the possibilities of what you're thinking, what you want to evoke with the body of work. And they're inevitably very personal. Honing in on those personal concepts and ideas that as you become more personal with the work that you're making, it becomes universal. But the challenge with the idea first artwork is that you're turning just that, an idea, something that's in your brain into a physical piece. So inevitably there's going to be logistics and gravity and chemical reactions between materials <laughs> that maybe affect the intended output that you wanted to have. Um, because that's the power of ideas and hypotheticals is that you're not rooted in the logistics of the physical world. So it can be frustrating at times too. Oftentimes as artists, we have an idea or an emotion we want to convey. And that's the frustrating part of the creative process because the physical piece doesn't quite hit the mark like we wanted it to, or we thought it would turn out differently and then continue on to a lifetime of still striving to hit what you want. Um, but those challenges of the physical world can be a hindrance for a lot of artists too. Yeah, absolutely. And and this applies even to those folks that are doing photorealistic work. Um, mm. Because when you think about it, you know, a lot of times, even if you are working from a photo, you still have to make decisions as to what you're going to portray in the work or not. And whether some of those edits or potential omissions either help or hurt what you're trying to convey through the work itself. So even if you're working you know, hyper-realistic. Those are things you got to think about. Um, and maybe you even want to highlight things that are not there and how are you going to do it in a way that works with the rest of the piece. So that can definitely be challenging, um, even in a series itself too. The the idea that you started with can also morph while you're working through it. So it could be, oh, I'm going to do a series of 20 and, you know, this is what we're going to start with. And then as you go through the pieces towards the end, you're like, that's completely different what happened. We detoured. I mean, I'm on camp. Let's embrace that and go with it and see what happens. But of course, depending how specific you were trying to go with it um, is something to think about. On the flip side of the coin is if you were to basically create work, thinking of the materials first, right? So this is when you are letting the materials lead the evolution of your work. Um, maybe you're trying new materials. You could be swatching new colors. You could be pulled towards certain combinations of colors like it just depends what the medium is as well like the pull that gouache you know painting might have is probably going to be a lot different in terms of the ideas and possibilities that could come out of it than say clay or working in stone or working in a digital video media like those are all very very different that as you kind of start working through them and kind of learning about them, it could just lead in all these different directions. 
Yeah. And I think that's a great point to bring up in that some materials are more uh, conducive to exploration and play and discovery than other materials that may be viewed more as a tool in which you have to be the one driving the car, so to speak, and telling it how to, what to do, how to work. If it's a very like clay, for example, there's a very strict process in terms of you have to do this step first and then this step and then that step versus other mediums. Um, like I have a series of paintings that I call the shadow paintings. And so it's the combination of acrylic paint on panel with mounted panels on top that are transparent plexiglass that have geometric lines on them. And so they're essentially sculptural paintings that incorporate light and shadow into the piece. And that series came about from a moment in the studio where I had some sample pieces um, and some scrap materials laying about. And I had a spotlight when I was photographing some of my paintings and thinking, oh, that makes a really cool shadow. And just that rabbit hole fascination of exploring shadows within paintings started an entire series of work, but it started as the material and mm -hmm. then being able to later thread in some of the concepts and the ideas and which we'll talk about in a little bit of a more of a hybrid method, but focusing on the material first of exploration um, is a huge benefit too. And sometimes that's often what people refer to as that discovery and play aspect of the creative mm -hmm. process. Exactly. And just think of it this way, like, you know, kind of like you said, some of the things that we're exploring might be flat surfaces. If you're going into mm -hmm. 3D, it's also, it's not just like a strictly visual um, mm -hmm. area that you're going into as in like, you know, flat surface depiction. Now you're talking about things that take different spaces and how do they interact? And it's like more three-dimensional and it's almost like it almost works like different parts of your brain logistically, right? Like how to apply oil paint to a canvas versus how to mold this thing out of this other material and what rules are associated with that. They all have rules, but it's how can they develop or basically how do they come out, right? And and what do you have to follow? And what can you break essentially as part of it too. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that over time that you'll start to learn. So some of the advantages of starting with the materials um, is the idea of like you can explore, you know, more tactile surfaces or let some of that tactile response lead you to new ideas. Oh, it feels like this should go here. This should go there. The way I push into the clay and it reacts this way, like like it can lead to something a little bit different again with oils, the way I press it this way or if I use this medium with it, um, it could lead to unexpected discoveries and it can even help evolve your main discipline. We've talked about this on other episodes in the past, but we're definitely a big proponent of especially if you're feeling creatively blocked or you're trying to find new directions or let's say keep things fresh so to speak to be a beginner with other media because a lot of times those can lead to new ideas that you can ap apply to your main discipline um so we took like a wood what was it like a woodblock printing class you and I like a mm -hmm. few years ago and then that triggered different ideas of like textures and th some things that could be like we're creating shadows and things of that nature um that could perhaps have come out in our work later maybe not directly but it could have led mm -hmm. to some ideas um so that's something to think about on the flip side of that some of the challenges are you know the material limitations so 
you know, if you are doing pencil on paper, that's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. We've all been drawing since we were kids. At least mm -hmm. I would like to assume that as opposed to, let's say you get into a material like clay, you know, you need specialized equipment for that or metalworking. You definitely need specialized equipment for that. Um, and then on the other, on the other hand, you know, you also can have a learning curve that's very frustrating, especially if it's something that requires not just specialized tools, but also specialized training. Um, where are you going to get that training? Do you need a mentor for it, et cetera? So those are some of the things to think about. Um, yes, lead by materials is great, but then also <laughs> before going in down the rabbit hole of like, this feels great, I want to go down this way. Um, it's also to think about like, okay, but are there any limitations with this that I need to be aware of before I kind of go all in? on this, you know, exploratory, uh, materials first type of, uh, type of, uh, approach. Yeah. And that's definitely something I think a lot of artists think about when most of us have a hybrid version of these two strategies, right? Either idea first or material first when igniting the start of a new series or a new piece of work. But many artists don't adhere to just one approach for the entire duration of their creative process. We're often balancing and embracing that creative growth that happens kind of between those two levels of your creative process, exploring the material, but then what does this mean conceptually? And then, oh, this is what it means conceptually. How do I communicate that through the materials that I'm using? Um, because the concept first allows you to have that unique point of view, that cognitive bias of what you're trying to share with the world, which is great of here's my point of view, here's how I view the world. But you can often then overthink an idea so much <laughs> to where you overwork it before you even start the creative process. I know I am definitely guilty of that. <laughs> but then the material first is great in terms of you're able to remain present. So oftentimes artists will maybe overcorrect their overthinking of concept first by going material first, stay super present, really focusing on the intuition and that... Um, the subconscious ideas of let me just continue this creative exploration but then the, the downside of that is having to say okay I made this whole body of work of stuff what does it mean does it need to mean anything are there deeper concepts that I'm trying to communicate or is it simply material exploration for material exploration's sake, which is also a very valid form of artwork. So both concepts or both strategies have pros and cons. And oftentimes as artists, we're weaving in and out of both of those. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the idea of like, like you mentioned, starting with the concept, right? Starting with the idea to give you at least like I know some artists that don't, right? They literally go materials first, they react to it. Mm -hmm. The idea can come later and that's great, but I actually like the, I, I like basically the approach of you do start with that idea, right? Then you work into the materials and then you adjust accordingly. And then either that idea morphs or you remain with it, but maybe you kind of like pivot around it as necessary. Um, mm -hmm. So basically with all that saying, like remain flexible, give yourself some grace, like things may change as you go through it. Um, but I do, I, at least personally, I am the kind of artist where I'm like, yes, the exploration might be determined by the materials and what I'm drawn to and things like that. But normally if I'm sitting down to create a body of work, 
And once again, we have episodes on that, on creating collections. Um, I do like to start with that idea. Otherwise, it's too tempting to continue in that exploratory phase and letting the material sleep me without having an actual output, which is great. Like if I wasn't selling my art or needing it as an income stream, then whatever, like I could just play forever. Um, and that's fine. But because there is a necessary output that I need out of it, I need a plan, essentially, mm -hmm. and give myself the parameters of this is playtime, this is exploratory research and development, if you will. But then now we have to get the, you know, this is my job professional hat on and say, okay, so how many are we going to get out and by when, right? And mm -hmm. this is too like something I like to think about and something I've been doing in my practice over the last year and a half, two years almost now um, of knowing that like by taking this more flexible approach of allowing other media to be part of my of, like art evolution, if you will, mm -hmm. I've come to a point where sometimes you can like tie those approaches together as an example like I've been building ceramic sculptures that I paint with acrylic paint and I've been a painter most of my life I've been a sculptor for you know the last year and a half two years whatever and like now found a way to bring them together if I had only been oh I'm just a painter and that's it and that's the box I sit in mm -hmm. and there's nothing else to it honestly I would have missed out on this whole other world so mm -hmm. Um, definitely something to think about of like being open to basically going back and forth between the two and seeing what happens. Yeah, definitely. And I found that very similarly in my creative process. I love exploring different materials. I think I naturally gravitate towards being idea and concept first, just because writing is such a big part of my creative process. But having acrylic paintings on panel, as well as shadow paintings, as well as art products. So color catchers that hang in your window. Um, all of them visually, I think are somewhat cohesive and that they're abstract geometric, but they, the materials lend themselves to different benefits for each one. And so it's hard to think about, yeah, kind of retroactively, if you were to just quote unquote, stay in one lane and not allow yourself that ability to grow creatively through exploring a new material. Um, because inevitably we, we as the artists are the unifier of our work, right? So even if you do an exploration of material first process, the concept and the unifier is you. Um, we kind of joke as artists of saying, oh, I'm doing something totally different. I'm det like detouring from my normal style. Oftentimes as artists, unless you're truly um, true emerging and still like taking workshops and doing drastically different styles, if it's created by you, oftentimes it's very obvious that like, yes, that is an Adriana creation <laughs> or yes, that is a Jackie creation. And I'm like, no, this is totally different. You're like, <laughs> no, it's very clearly which I think is easier to see from other artists outside looking in because inevitably those multiple series kind of merge together. As you mentioned, Adriana, with your paintings and sculptures, um, with my art products and my original paintings. Um, and for both of us, as we're now expanding into murals, it's fun being able to explore new bodies of work with unifiers of ourselves and concepts, but exploring new mediums, new scales. And then, okay, what is that bridge between this extreme idea on the right, <laughs> this extreme idea on the left, and then kind of filling in the gap so that they are all, all cohesive and make sense. 
I know. I know. Cohesion (laughs) is a thing, people. Cohesion is a thing. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, next up, we're going to be talking about some advice for artists who perhaps haven't discovered their ideal creative process approach yet. Uh, But first, let's fit in a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Level Up Artists Business Community. This ever-evolving membership values community over competition and growing connections with fellow creatives who share the same goals and challenges as you. Life as a modern artist can be both exciting and overwhelming. Art school or self-taught, emerging or seasoned professional, there's a lot of information out there, but what do working artists actually need? Other industries have continuing education programs for their professionals to sharpen up their skills and stay up to date with the systems, technology, and tools needed to succeed. And we believe that artists should too. We've spent countless hours of trial and error weeding through tons of information to find the gold and creating sustainable systems that actually work so you don't have to waste your time going down endless rabbit holes. (laughs) We are passionate about exchanging ideas and sharing resources with fellow career-minded artists about the business side of art. From artist documents and exhibition prep to templates and tools to help you work faster and smarter, our course modules cover everything from social media to technology, and sustainable studio practices too. Ready to get started? Head on over to leveluppartistshub.com to learn more, get immediate access, and level up your creative career today. Welcome back, everyone. So now that we've discussed the difference between starting a creative process with an idea or an exploration of material, if you are an artist who is maybe struggling to figure out how am I supposed to start or how do I want to start, I would say the best thing to do is to start by analyzing your current process. So if you had to say one or the other, do you currently do one first? And is that important to you and your work or is it simply how you feel like you've been taught to work? And so I would challenge you once you figure out, okay, I probably start with idea first. Challenge yourself and change it up. Try switching your process to a material first exploration and then ask yourself, how does that feel? What realizations or frustrations does that bring up for you as an artist? Because even if it doesn't end up in a quote unquote finished piece that you're ready to show the world, I think analyzing yourself in your creative process, what feels right and why does that feel right? Why is this frustrating and why does it feel frustrating is so helpful in us as artists, but also in explaining to our collectors what our voice is. Oftentimes as artists, it's just find your voice, find your style. (laughs) And we're like, I don't know what that means. I'm just me and I'm making artwork. And it's analyzing our tendencies that is often helpful with that. Why do you feel like you need structure? Why do you feel like you need loose exploration? And those are the things that inevitably are currently in your work and that you can then use to perfect your creative process moving forward. Absolutely. And obviously at this point, we're not talking about like the the part where you finish work and see if your work mm-hmm. is ready and things like that. But this is a good stepping stone towards that. Um, you know, like I, I know that some artists, for example, like to work in a more intuitive manner, which is fantastic, especially if you're using it as a form of self-expression. But then inevitably will come a question of how do I know where it's done? Is it strong compositionally? Things mm-hmm. of that nature. And by you switching it around, it's also a way to consider 
whether or not you're working in autopilot almost like is this you're just following what you learned in primary school elementary etc mm-hmm. right of how a creative process works or are there other alternatives and the example i'll give with this real quick is so up until you know not that many years ago i thought the only way to really make a quote-unquote proper painting was you had to do it the classical way so you had to do a pencil uh, a study painting study in pencil and then figure out your composition and things of that nature and then up on the canvas you know you would have to do your background wash first and then you would do your outline and then you would do you know either the subject or the background first and then you would have to work dark to light light to dark like things like this that were more quote-unquote classical method mm-hmm. um and then I took an intuitive painting class which turned it all topsy-turvy and literally the class starts by making a mess on the canvas like it was completely different it was something where you were letting the materials kind of speak to you like okay are you going to apply this paint with your fingers are you going to be blindfolded while you're doing this texture thing that you're throwing water at like it had all these things where you were removing control out of it and letting chance be a part of the process itself but literally the materials were driving it and I didn't even know that was an option for most of my life like oh my gosh (laughs) and seeing that kind of thing happen made me realize like through you know observing later on like why is this so different why is this why am I so shook about this was realizing this literally just broke you know, a preconceived notion that I had built up over the years that I had been painting on autopilot using a process that I was taught and it was regurgitated over the years by different teachers. Nothing wrong with it, by the way, but it just turned out actually that's not the way I like to work either. Once I realized there are other ways to do it, I was like, why am I doing it? I don't have to do it that way. I just didn't even know that was an option and we don't know what we don't know. So that's where I love this advice of switching it up. This is especially helpful. I feel like, especially if you're like creatively blocked and you're just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on. Every painting I do or whatever your media is like, it's just not turning out. I just, I got nothing, you know, we go through those phases of like, that's it. I'm done. You know, like there's nothing left. My creative Um, energy is um, depleted forever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And honestly, it just means your tank is probably like on low and you need to refill it, honestly. Right. But that's where I find that exploring a new material and experimenting, especially if there's something tactile about it, or like you mentioned, Jackie, like journaling, sketching, like just letting yourself ideate on new art concepts when you're kind of wearing your beginner hat on mm-hmm. something else, a lot of times will lead you back to your own medium and back to your back to your path so you can evolve and continue doing the amazing work we already know you're doing. Exactly. And for all the artists listening, just remembering that the creative process is different for every artist. And it can even change from one body of work to another. But The goal is really to be aware of how you prefer to work and how these aspects of the creative process can change when you change your creative output. And it's a great way for us as artists to better understand ourselves and the work that we're bringing to life, both to have a good experience in our process of making art, but then also better explain it to the world as we share it with collectors and visitors.
Yeah. So as we wrap up this episode, we hope you kind of sit down and and think whether you consider yourself a quote unquote, you know, real artist or not. Uh, Definitely consider with your creative endeavors, kind of like, are you following autopilot? Are you letting the materials, you know, kind of speak to you? And um, yeah, try to switch it up and see what happens. And as always, our blog will be linked in today's show notes where you find episode notes and link to all of our other podcast episodes. And if you want to stay connected with us in between episodes, share your feedback, or have a question you would like for us to answer on the podcast, go ahead and reach us through social media. I'm at Art across all platforms. And I'm at J Sanders Studio on all platforms. And if you want to follow the podcast, we are at Level Up Artists on Instagram. You can also visit Level Up Artist Hub to join our business community. Get immediate access to templates, resources, and core modules to level up your creative career. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.